And then I text her and some guy answered. Oh, he texted me back, he said, what did you want? Yeah, exactly, that's what I said too. Okay, but, but, uh, said, but clearly something happened before that or you wouldn't be there with flowers and candy and, um, and trying to figure that's out right. who else she's there with. So had you guys broken up or? This is the plaintiff, John Storitz. He says he loaned the defendant money to help with her divorce, and the woman used him. That's why she feigned romantic interest in him, got his money, and now won't pay him back. He's suing his sweetheart swindler for $5,175, the amount she got out of him. This is the defendant, Barbara Carol Paulus. She says she made it clear she and the plaintiff were just friends. But when he got all sexual on her, she told him they needed to part ways, so she cut him off. As far as the money goes, he offered to help her out. She accepted a gift. That's that. She's accused of being a gold digger. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Stortz, you are suing Ms. Paulus, who, according to you, used to date for $5,175 because you loaned her some money and she has not repaid you, correct? Correct. All right, tell me how you two met. In, uh, it was about um, April of 2019, I met her husband. And I'd go to their house off and on together, and that's when I seen Carol there at the house. I would just say hi to her, and that's how we met there. And then do you strike up a friendship with the defendant? No, not then, no. We just said hi, and that was about it. Not a big deal. And then January 2020, right in there, uh, I was at the casino, and uh, Carol was there. And because I go there and watch the dance, she came up and asked me to dance. And cause, yeah, she was with the group, so we went back to the group, we danced. And then probably a couple of weeks later, we talked on the phone, a week or two later, whatever it was. And from there, we just started going out. Okay. And how long did you go out? Uh, we've been going out, it was till what, probably July, from probably January, February till July. And what happened in July? Uh, in July, uh, she was at, I was going to go over there. She had just gotten back from a weekend trip or something like that, wherever she went, I don't know. And I was going to go to her house because I'd got her a flower and some candy and went past there a couple of times, didn't see anything because sometimes her son will take the car. And I don't remember whether the car was there or not, but I went past there. And then I texted her and some guy answered. Oh, he texted me back. He said, what did, do you want? Yeah, exactly. That's what I said too. Okay, but but, uh, but clearly it? something happened before that, or you wouldn't be there with flowers and candy, and um, and trying to figure That's out right. who else she's there with. So had you guys broken up, or? Well, the week previous, we had went to dinner, and we had ate, and I said, "Is there anything that you don't like about me?" Because she was, I was, we had a group called the Six Pack. I was coming a little bit late on Friday and Saturday to those events. Like we'd go to each other's house, play cards, listen to music, and dance, and that was about it. 
And from what I understand, she didn't like me coming there late. And we had dinner that previous week, like I said, and I asked if there anything else you don't like about me. She said, no, that's it. And that was the last I seen of her was that day right there. That was it. That was the last day right. that she now, went away for the weekend. At some point during the time that you dated, she ended up uh, telling you that she needs some money for a divorce? Yeah, in April, she had said that she needs some money to continue her divorce. That's what the attorney told her. And Carol said she needs to get some subpoenas out. And uh, she asked if she could borrow some money. I said yes. How much money did you loan her? Five thousand one hundred seventy-five with the three and a half percent. The vendor charged the attorney three and a half percent. Okay. So, oh, all right. So the vendor charged the attorney. So the amount that you loaned her was five thousand one hundred seventy-five. Is that correct? Yes, on my credit card. And I told her many a times I pay it off every month. I need this as soon as possible. So that's what happened. And what did she tell you? How if she didn't have the money for the lawyer, how was she going to have the money for you in thirty days? What did she say? Right. How, how was she planning on getting it? She gave me her pension papers and said she would cash pension. that in. And I got her the uh, papers. She got the papers. She said she sent them in uh, to, to get her money out. And that was the last I heard of that. Okay. And that was all, that all happened in what month? To, she, she said she received the papers, I think it was in June. And then in July, she said she sent them in. And then when did she dump you? Uh, I, I would say July. Okay, Ms. Paulus, what's going on? Some of that's true. Um, John was working with my soon-to-be ex-husband, seen him in the house, no big deal. Um, and my ex-husband, soon-to-be, um, told me he has no friends, he's a loner. His big excitement is sitting in the parking lot at Myers or Walmart listening to the radio. So I had seen him at the casino. Um, said, hey, do you want to come sit with us? That was it. Um, there was no relationship. Um, of course, then COVID hit, and we I created a what we call Patrick's Pub in my basement. The friends and I came over. We played cards, played pool, things like that. Um, John offered the money. I never asked him for any money because I had no way to pay it back. And as far as my retirement, I had asked him previous to that, back in March and April to look into it um, on the tax part. I cannot cash anything in or do anything with that because I'm in the middle of a divorce. He knows that. He knows I can't turn that in. I can't take anything from it. Um, and I told him I have no way to pay back. At one point, he even talked about um, buying my house because I was in a spaz about the house payment. You know, where am I going to live? What's going on? And he was like, well, maybe mm -hmm. I can, uh, you know, find a way to buy it. And I said, well, then I could buy it back after this is over. And he actually said, I will give it to you. And of course that was, you know, I didn't pay any attention to that. Um, but there's no relationship. And in July 4th, I had well, a party. He was clearly smitten with you and he thinks he did have a relationship. It's usually pretty easy to tell. Were you guys romantic or weren't you? No. We just... Did you and kiss? I got a cup here to show you too. She got me. Love is brewing. Love is brewing. Can I just ask you a question though? People don't go around dropping five thousand dollar gifts on each other, usually. Um, you know, if it was fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, you know, I can understand that. That is a whole right. lot of money for someone to drop yep. on you. Are you telling me that he was just trying to buy your love so hard that he? 
Um, he, he gave you $5,000 for your divorce? I think he was trying to buy something else. Okay. More than just attention. And I'm not okay. that way and nor had no, no interest in a sexual relationship with them. Even though he had- Mr. Storch, do you have a, even though what, go ahead, I'm, ooh, I'm sorry I cut you off, go ahead. Oh, I have emails asking what kind of underwear I wear and he was horny, uh, different things like that. But- um, Did, Would you guys text July as 4th? well? Yes. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. July 4th, I had a party that he came to that he wasn't invited and um, he was asked to leave. Wait, I mean, in April, you're taking five grand from him as a gift. You would think that he would be your favorite person. So when did you tell him, when did you decide you didn't want him around anymore? I presume it's um, after when, the 5,000, but. When it got to be weird. When did it get to be weird and how? Of what kind of underwear do you wear? And again, like I said, I felt he was buy, trying to buy something else. Um, you know, but never was, did I ask him for money. And as he knows, I have no way to pay it back. How do I know that you didn't tell him about your retirement, assume you were going to cash your retirement, and then your lawyer told you, what are you nuts if you do? I don't see why there's a difference. If you're, if you're married, that your retirement, either your spouse has a right to it or, or your spouse doesn't have a right to it. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, why are you sending him your retirement information? I'm looking at these emails and you're saying I've sent in all the information and the minute I get the check, I will contact you. Take a look at the, the uh, or this is a message. This is in July. I have sent in all the information and the minute I get a check, I will contact you. What were you referring to, sweetheart? As far as taxes, he does taxes. So I had asked When you them, get a check, you'll let him know? How do I do the taxes? But again, my attorney- No, I, I need you, ma'am, stop. Read this message. Can you read it or you want me to read it again to you? I'm sorry. I have sent in all the information and the minute I get the check, I will contact you. What check are you talking about? You're talking about the retirement check. Yes, but that's not correct. On July the 4th, I had a party. No, I don't want you to just talk. I want you to explain this text because here's what I think. I think that you got the money from him by saying that you will cash in your retirement and then you decided not to cash in your retirement and to go like this. And that's how it's looking. So you can't just repeat yourself over and over and say the same thing. He was giving me advices about tax, blah, blah, blah. You can't say that because I'm looking with my eyeballs, and who am I gonna believe, you or my lion eyes, I'm looking with my eyeballs at this. I have sent in all the information and the minute I get the check, I will contact you. So, what else could you have meant other than that your plan was to cash in on your retirement, which you might have in fact done. And now you just don't wanna pay back the money. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I didn't ask for the money. And as far as... The Can I ask you that- something, Mr. Mr. Stortz? When you um, yes. loan somebody $5,000, does it occur to you to write down a promissory note? Well, she said she would pay it back, and then she gave me that paper, and she gave me her word. Yeah, we have a so. name for people like that. We call those people litigants. She gave you what piece of paper? The uh, retirement stuff. No, no, no. See, what you want is a promissory note so that people can mm-hmm. no longer argue in court that it was a gift because she's so sexy and delicious. You see? That's <laughs> what you want. And, right. and no, well, I mean, really, you're a fool. So you should not be loaning anybody else any money without saying, here, right, sign this promissory note. Oh, at a minimum, do you have any texts when she's, where she's asking you, can you loan me money? Or, hey, I'm going to send you the $5,000. It's a loan. Um, let's establish when you're going to pay it back. Send that email or text traffic back and forth. Just something to show that okay. something is a loan and not a gift. And, you know, you got you do have stuff about the retirement information, but this is, you know, I can read between the lines. I get it. But seriously, the next time, just don't loan out five grand because uh, you like somebody and they don't like you enough back. According to him, he came to your house with flowers and candy. And what happened that day? Ms. Pow- Palace. I wasn't home the day he says that he came by, but that's not uncommon. He stalked me and came by my house quite often, so. <laughs> and what happened? He says he found someone else there and he was shocked and appalled. What say you? Did you find someone else there? No, I, I don't hear. I'm sorry, I don't understand that. No, I'm sorry. Say that. He says that he went and that he found another guy there and he was surprised. All that's nonsense because he shouldn't have been surprised? He never came to my house when another guy was there. Okay. But he would come to your house unannounced? He has. He said he stalked you. How did he stalk you? Um, I had to get the police involved because he kept driving by my house. He actually even went to my friend's house, stood outside of her garage, and listened to her on the phone because she'd talk in the the garage and smoke her cigarettes. And he laughed because he thought it was me on the phone. Um, He started harassing my friends. Um, The police called him several times. And as soon as they would say Grove City Police, he'd hang up. So again, there was another place. I was at a concert and um, that amazingly my ex-husband knew that I was gonna be there and he shows up. I have the police say, you need to leave me alone. You can't keep harassing me. Who's harassing you now, your ex-husband or him? Um, well, I have a protection order against my ex-husband. And, but John was driving by my house at all hours. I have cameras. Um, He was going to my friend's house. He was calling them. And I even have a message where I said, you need to stop driving by. Okay. Again, gross. All right. Um, That may be annoying and you may find him annoying and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But but my job here is to figure out whether I believe you when you say it was a gift. Number one, the amount doesn't look like a gift. This is an awful lot of money. So the circumstances don't tend to tell me that it's a gift. Number two, I see repeated texts where you say to him, 
that you're sending him the retirement information. You must have realized that just before court because all of a sudden now, oh, I'm sending him retirement information so that he can, you know, so that he can give me advice. But I know that's a lie because I see in one of those texts that you say, I sent in all of my paperwork and I'll let you know as soon as I get the check. That tells me that you are lying, Ms. Palace, and I am ordering you to pay Mr. Storks the $5,175 because it was very clearly a loan and not a gift. That is my judgment. Thank you. So the plaintiff wins big time in this case. He's going to get $5,175 from Ms. Palace, the defendant. Ma'am, let me ask you, what, what what's your reaction to the judge's decision? What do you think? Well, uh, I'll, whatever she says, but I disagree. Well, you still say it was a, was a gift, not a loan. The judge disagrees, and you're going to have to give him the money. I'm sorry, but that's that's the court's decision, and you got to live with it, okay? Mr. Stortz, let me ask you, uh, do you feel better now? I mean, it sounds like you were you were smitten with her. How, how would you describe it? Were you or were you not? Well, when we first met, all of us went out. We went back to her friend's house, and she wanted to do something in the car when they all got out. I didn't want to. So, yeah. but no, I, she liked me a lot. That's why I say she got me this cup here. It says, uh, love is brewing. She had sent me an email or text with her, like a blouse and or a couple sexy things on stuff like that. She's called me her stud, you know, things like that all the time. So we'd always go out. Um, she had asked me to go up to her bedroom a few times in the house. Um, that was about it. One other quick question. She said one of your favorite things to do is sit in the Walmart parking lot listening to the radio. Is that true? And if so, why? Because what I do, I take care of my mother. She's uh, 96. So in the evenings, I get out a little bit, go listen to the radio, listen to talk shows, and go to a few friends' house. And if they're not in, I'll, just to get out of the house, that's all I do. That's it. Okay. Well, congratulations. You're yeah. going to get the money after all. And, and hopefully you have learned something from this. All right. Yes. Let's wrap up the case. Harvey, what do you think? Okay, Doug. Well, here's the thing. Um, you know, you have a contract. It can be an oral contract. It could be a written contract. But oftentimes, the winner and the loser in a court case isn't determined by that agreement. It's determined by what is said outside the agreement. In this case, and in so many other cases, what you text back and forth is going to talk about what your true intent was and what the agreement was really about. So these text messages, honestly, they are make or break. Hey, judges, what is the one piece of advice you would give to an aspiring law school student? Thanks, Anna. Anna, I would, the most important thing every aspiring law school student needs to understand is it's not like what you see on TV. The actual work day to day of being a lawyer is a little bit different. They always try to make things look a little better, a little sexier, a little more interesting when you're watching a movie or a TV show. And I would suggest, hey, go to work for a law firm, a, a state attorney or district attorney's office, a public defender's office, um, someplace in the legal realm where you can work either as a paralegal, as a law clerk, as an intern, as something, so you can get your feet wet and figure out, hey, do I really want to do this? Yeah. yeah. And then you get a real taste of whether law school is something that you want to do. And you did that. You were an intern at 
a, a state attorney's office while you were still in college, am I right? While I was in college, I did college right. work study at the Dade County State Attorney's Office right. when Janet Reno, who would later become attorney general under mm -hmm. Clinton, she was the state attorney. Right. And I really, I went to law school because I wanted to be a state attorney. I did not want to be a lawyer in a law firm or anything else. It was the one job that I really, really right. wanted. Your mind was pretty much made up. Yeah, yeah. There. But the point is, if you're going to invest three years of your life in that kind of money, and debt, um, just make sure it's the job that you want. And I love it, right. he loves it, Our, right. my daughter loves it, just make sure that you're gonna love it. That's for sure. This is the plaintiff, Kevin August. He says he paid the defendant a thousand bucks for an apartment he wanted to rent, but the landlord denied his application because she said it was too small for a family of four. Now the swindling defendant is giving him the royal runaround. So he's suing for just that. This is the defendant, Hossein. He says the plaintiff was indeed approved by the landlord, but then backed out because he found another place. The plaintiff changed his mind, and he's not entitled to his money back. Plain and simple. He's accused of ripping off a renter. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket. The plaintiff says that he paid the defendant a thousand bucks of hard-earned money for an apartment, but the guy ended up rejecting him. Now, the defendant says that the plaintiff was 100% approved to move in, but changed his mind because he found a better place. It's the case of ripping off a renter. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, Your Honor. Mr. August, what happened here? Well, I was looking for a two-bedroom apartment uh, in August of 2020. And uh, it was during the pandemic, and uh, it was very difficult to get one. So I did a search within three miles of where I was, and I found him. Uh, the, the defendant told me he had plenty of two-bedroom apartments, so stop looking right away and come to him. He could help me. So that's what okay. I did. I went to him. And I told him what price range I was looking, and he told me no problems. So he had me. He asked me to put down a security deposit of two thousand dollars, but uh, I couldn't do it during uh, business hours because I had just gotten a new job, and I didn't want it to take time off just to get that. So I went to the ATM after work and was able to pull out the thousand dollars. And I explained to him, I told him, "Oh, that's perfectly fine. Just deposit it." So I came, I deposited it. He took me to a place uh, about a mile from his office uh, with a very, a very tiny apartment in the middle of the hallway. And there's a bus stop like eight feet from the master bedroom. And uh, so when the, uh, the owner of the apartment uh, called me and interviewed me, she told me, well, the apartment is too small for a family of four. As per New York State law, um, you, everybody needs a certain amount of square feet in the apartment. Something like that, she said. So um, I asked him if he had any more apartments, two bedroom, and he said, "Oh no, 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 that's perfectly. I have plenty more, but that's that's perfect for your family." And then um, that's when uh, she told me, um, you know, I wasn't qualified. So then um, I called him and I asked that you him weren't qualified. I was not qualified because of the size of the family. Do you have any proof that the landlord said you were not qualified? No, Your Honor. Okay, let me ask you, Mr. Hossein, what's going on here? You are, are you a realtor? I'm a real estate broker. How were you expecting to get paid by Mr. Auguste if things had worked out? Do you get paid by the seller? 
by the landlord? Uh, we get paid by the, the renter. By the renter? We get paid. Oh, so did, yes. okay, you get paid by the renter. And what is your fee? One month, one month's brokerage fee. Okay, so, and he was looking at apartments in what range? Um, 16 to 18. Okay, so let me ask you a question. If he's supposed to pay you, can you show me a contract where the terms and conditions of your services that you're rendering to him are spelled out so that I can see that you're entitled to keep the money? Yeah, it's all over the office. It's May all I in the application. No, 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 I, I'm not in your office. Can I see the contract he signed? Do you have a contract that he signed about the terms and conditions of how you get paid? Um, no, I do not. Why not? Do you not do contracts? I, 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 ha I don't have that specific paperwork with me. I can give it to you in a few minutes. If you give me a few minutes, I can have it. Did you sign a document, Mr. Auguste? No, I don't. I didn't. Okay, let's find the document, Mr. Hossein. Okay, I, I need a few minutes to get the document. Um, is there anything else you need? Is there anything else you'd like to provide as evidence for entitlement to keep the guy's money? While you're looking for the document, look for anything else you think will help your case. Okay. I'll be right back in a moment. We're back. Okay. Um, the document says that on approval of the application, the brokerage fee is due and Do it's non-refundable. Stop, 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 stop. I need the document. Will you take a picture of it and email it to me? Did he sign that document, sir? Um, he did not. Oh, maybe that's why I, oh, if he didn't sign it, then you don't have a contract. So um, he gives you the money and he thinks it's for, so you never had him sign a contract, but you have contracts because I just waited for you to go find a spare one. Now tell me why you didn't have him sign a contract. Um, because when they, when they come into the office, sometimes they're busy. They don't, they just go right out to look at the, the properties. And then after that, I'm the, sorry. Uh, Why don't, that's ridiculous. You're a business person. I have these cases all the time and the broker always gets a signed contract. So I think that this is not something you can blame on someone else. It's your business. You should be getting a signed contract. Now, according to you, signs are all over your office that say deposits are non-refundable. But ha show me the signs that are all over your office that say deposits are non-refundable. It's on the application. What application? The one he never saw because he didn't sign it? Um, I have to, um, well, I have to, I have to pull this file. Um, I have some of this file. I don't have the whole file. No, I can email I it to you. Yeah, I don't care. No, no, I'm not interested. I'm in the middle of a trial. You're being sued to return the money. You want to prove to me that you have a right to it and you are unable to do so. Now you tell me verbally, since you can't prove to me that there's a contract where he agreed for you to keep the money if he got accepted somewhere, now just prove to me verbally what you think the facts of this case are. You feel that you're entitled to the money. Why? Okay, because um, when someone comes into our real estate office, our brokerage office, they are told that if they get accepted, we earn our fee, the landlord gets their month's rent and the month's security. Okay, so did this landlord get the money that this gentleman gave you? Um, he didn't give the month's rent. He did not give the security. He left a deposit. Deposit um, was the uh, whole department for my him. Question. The money, sure. the, where did the money go that the plaintiff gave you? Where did it go? In your pocket? No, 
it went to the landlord. Okay. Do you have proof that it went to the landlord? Yes, we do. But we have to pull the files and we have to pull the bank. Are you kidding me? You're in court right now. What do you think this is about? How could you not have a single document on you? Are you kidding? You want me to wait again? Um, yeah, do, are you able to, I'm not gonna sit here over and over and watch you roam your building to find the documents. You're being sued over this. How do you not have it? We have, now, we according have millions, we have so much documents that how it's, many, it's how years many and years. millions of cases are you getting sued on? How no, I'm not saying, sued? no, we've never been sued, never. Okay, so I would think that I make you nervous enough that maybe you'd have your files on you when we're doing the trial. Mr. August, did you contact the landlord and ask them whether they had received any money? Yes, I did. And the landlord and did said they? that... No, the landlord didn't receive any money from Mr. Hussein. Interesting. Okay. And let me ask you this. What is the day you gave him the $1,000? What date? It was August 28th. 2020. And then I see an email from you on August 29th. Yes. That says, this is Kevin. I viewed the 1A apartment on the first floor yesterday. I would like to withdraw my application. We found an apartment in the Bronx today. 1A is too small for poor, four people. As per the building manager, I would like to get my refund. Now, when you get this, Mr. Hossein, what is it you do? Do you return the guy's money? Well, what we do is we let him know it's approved. And he held the apartment on the market for about two weeks. And he's not, he's not entitled to his okay, money show back. Me where, show me, Mr. Hossein, prove to me he was approved. I, I don't have an approval. I can get it from the landlord. No. I don't have, I don't have a file. I understand. It's okay. It's, a, it's fine. I don't have a you file in front of me. I should. Trial. But then you should well, have I don't have a file. You have, I know that. Yeah, you know why you don't have it? Because it didn't happen. I gave you five minutes to turn around and go and get his signed contract, and then you brought out a spare contract. There was no signed contract, okay? And now you're telling me that you need to develop the evidence that you needed in order to defend yourself, and I have I'm the telling whole, you, no, the time to do I that. I have the whole okay. evidence, but I don't have the time to do it because I have to look through a whole bunch of files. He filled out an application. Completely. He filled it out with the application. Let me tell you. Let me he tell filled you, it out with the documents. Let me tell you what you don't tell a person. I don't have time to find documents for you, Judge. It's just a ridiculous thing to say. Okay? You had time. You chose to use your time differently, which is perfectly fine. Now, when this man asked for his money back, what you did was write him a check for $500. Correct, Mr. Hossein? That's correct. Why did you write him a check for $500 if you want me to believe that the $1,000 went to the landlord? Are you in the business of reaching because... into your own pocket and giving a guy money to make a problem go away? So, Mr. Hossein, along with everything else that you say, what the last statement you just said that you stopped payment on it is false. Because what actually happened, according to his bank, is that you didn't have sufficient funds to cover the $500. You there, see, there was money you in the account. where it says, oh, but hey, the bank says that the reason for the returned, the, the check is that it was made out of rubber. Welcome back to the People's Court. The plaintiff is saying he's gotten the royal runaround by the agent for the landlord. He says he put a thousand bucks down for an apartment 
and never got his money back, never got the apartment. The defendant saying he could have gotten the apartment, he just changed his mind. Let's go back into the courtroom. We were going to give it back to um, the landlord was going to refund it to him. Okay, so then why were you only going to give him 500? Because you felt that you had earned because, the other 500? Because the landlord is giving him $500 back and we earned $500 because he canceled out of the contract. I have the whole contract now because I'll, the whole file yeah, was delivered. Yeah, all I need you to do is prove to me that he was Absolutely. accepted. Right, and I can do that, but I don't have a file because I didn't look for the file. I'm very sorry. So am I. Um, now, you, he sends you a $500 check, correct, Mr. August? And That's what fair. happens with the $500 check? I deposited the $500 into my uh, checking account, and three days later, it bounced. It did not bounce. We still... My financial institution it charged not, me twelve dollars. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. I want to hear what you. What, what did you just say, Mr. Hossein? It didn't bounce. No, it was. Um, it was. Re, um, we stopped it because we felt that we were going to get it back from the landlord. That's all. Okay, and according the to the landlord, decided to the landlord decided to refund everything. I'm not understanding. Did you stop payment on this check, Mr. Hossein? Yes or no? Um, we stopped the payment and the check because the landlord decided to refund all the money and not to have any issues with this. Well, then why would you stop payment on the check? You should be writing a second check. Right. We did not want to be, re once she wanted to refund the money, we wanted to be, we didn't want to be responsible for it anymore because he, he was I'm getting the money back that. from, okay. For, when we, he was getting the I, money directly from the landlord? He was, she was going to give it back to us, to give it back to him. He decided to sue wait. us. So we were going to wait, give him back wait, all wait, his stop, money. Stop, stop, Right. But you didn't, right? Because if you did, I wouldn't be here, right? You never right. gave him back so, his money. In fact, uh, he no, didn't even get because... the $500. Do you have your bank documents, Mr. Um, Mr. August, so that I can see what your bank told you was the reason for? Yes, I do. I got it. I got it. So, Mr. Hossein, along with everything else that you say, what the last statement you just said that you stopped payment on it is false. Because what actually happened, according to his bank, is that you didn't have sufficient funds to cover the $500. You there, see, there was money you in see the where account. it says, oh, but hey, the bank says that the reason for the return, the, the check is that it was made out of rubber. Okay? So here we go. You are not going to keep a stinking penny of this man's money. Did you get charged for that bounce check, sir? Yes, you got charged $12. So yeah. I am going to order the defendant to pay you. So you're out the whole thousand right now. You've got nothing, right? Nothing. Nothing. So, well, I am entering a judgment in your favor in the amount of $1,000 plus the $12 return service fee plus your court costs plus prejudgment statutory interest since August of last year. So you won and you won big, okay? Thank Verdict you, for the plaintiff. <laughs>So, as the, uh, the judge put it, the plaintiff just won big on this case. Mr. Hosan, this was not a good day for you in court. You really weren't prepared at all, were you? Absolutely not. I wasn't prepared.
because I had millions of files to go through. I didn't go through my files. Yeah, well, you just weren't ready. By the way, now you've got to give them $1,000 plus interest, plus court costs, plus the uh, fee for the, can for, the, for the check that bounced. As the judge said, your check was made of rubber. What do you think about that? What do you have to say about that? It's terrible because we were, we, we stopped the check, the landlord was refunding the money. So, but that's fine. Whatever, whatever the judgment is, we will pay it. We will pay all the money back with the interest and everything. That's perfect. That's good. I'm, I'm so happy that he won the case. You're happy. Good for, good for you. Yeah, that's just, that's I'm very happy right. he won the case. Uh, it's a lot of work. You know, for you could have avoided this by giving him his money back. You could have given him his money back. Right, and, but it's and a, been happy it's a lot of too. work. We we go through a lot of work with these clients for weeks and weeks and weeks, trying to find them an apartment, trying to find them something. They find something, and they want back all their money. They don't want to pay for one dime of service, and right. that's where the issues are. All right. Sorry, but it wasn't your day today. Okay. Thank you very much. Mr. Uh, August, I, I would assume you feel pretty good right now. Vindicated. Would that be the right way to put it? That's correct. I feel really good right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, congratulations. Sorry I had to go through all of this mess. I don't know. Have you learned anything from this? Uh, next time, I'll be more careful before I throw my money out. Anyway, I'll just be very more careful about it. Well, I think that's, that's a good lesson to learn. All right. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay, Harvey. Okay, Doug, we have seen this uh, a bunch of times in the People's Court over the years where uh, somebody puts money down in an apartment and for whatever reason they don't move in, they want to get their money back, the landlord says no, the tenant sues. Well, here's the situation. In this case, uh, the reason the plaintiff won is because there was no proof that the landlord ultimately said, yes, you can move in. Had that been the case, the plaintiff would have lost. But that wasn't the case. If the landlord is absolutely willing to let you move in, even if it's, you know, uh, an hour after you put the deposit down and you change your mind, a deal is a deal is a deal. And if you've put the deposit down and made that deal and simply changed your mind, it doesn't matter you did it quickly, you're going to lose that lawsuit. Hey, judges, do you read each other's emails and texts? <laughs> Thanks, Clyde. Yeah. Let me take this one. All right, go ahead. Yes. Um, we have had the same password yeah. our whole lives. We have, right. As far as I am concerned, there are no secrets. Right. Do you feel the same way? We had yeah. the same email for 20 years. Right, and, and it's good because I don't even feel the need to look at your stuff because I know I can, right. <laughs> whatever the right. hell I want to. Yeah, there's, and, no, um, there's no secrecy. I mean, right. I just, there really I isn't. And the other thing is with, this, with the, the apps that are on your phones, like the Find My iPhone gadget, it's like a low jack. So not only can you see what the hell I'm up to, you can see where I'm up to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with, exactly. With my iPhone. That helped me raise my children right. and keep my marriage. Exactly. I just, we but, have, it, but we it wasn't even, it wasn't even a suspicious thing. I just, well, with the kids, I was always right. checking up on them. But right. just, oh, is, is, John just texted me. He's on his way home. Should I, should I put the chicken on? And then I see, no, he's not. He's, he's on still the on the golf course. He's still on, you know. I mean, there can be misunderstandings. Like, I, I, you see, to get a ton of text messages from Gail, and you know, one day right. you looked at that, and you're like, "Who's, who's Gail?" Gail? <laughs> and, yeah, like, he he happens to be right. a, a golf pro who was giving me some advice. Right. And, and took a couple <laughs> lessons from. So. But uh, yeah, but I mean, look, everybody's entitled to their privacy, and it's not. Um, 
I don't think it's a healthy relationship to constantly be checking up on each other. But it's I, good to know I have can. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. Uh, they said, is it uh, Louis Brandeis, the Supreme Court justice, who said sunlight is the best disinfectant? Right. Yeah. Well, I'm antiseptic in my <laughs> 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 The sun is shining on that stuff.